You are listening to a message from City Church of Richmond, located in Richmond, Virginia. We are a broken people, loved by God, continually restored by Christ, and sent out to worship God, serve our city, and work for its renewal. To learn more about City Church and to find out how to get connected to our community, visit our website at citychurchrva.com. That's C-I-T-Y-C-H-U-R-C-H-R-V-A.com. And thanks for listening. Again, we're so glad you're here at City Church this afternoon. Whether you were here as a guest for the baptism or if this is your, the church that you normally worship at or if because it's Easter and you wanted a service to join and remember what Christ has done for you. Regardless, we're, we're so glad you're here. And I want us to think for the next uh, few minutes about what Easter feels like. What does Easter feel like? You know, I, I think a lot of times in church settings, we, um, we, we want to know how to think right about Easter. What are, the, what are the right facts to understand about Easter? But today, this year, I want you to think about what does Easter feel like? I can tell you that uh, for me growing up, I remember very vividly what Easter felt like. Now, I grew up in New England, as many of you know, a pulsory and a little bit melancholy, which maybe is a, an accurate just summary of New England. I don't know, cold, compulsory, and a little melancholy. Maybe I should share that with the Chamber of Commerce up there. Uh, it could be a new slogan. Well, why do I say that? Well, I, I particularly remember uh, Easter sunrise services. And in my hometown, when I was in high school, our house was on a hill, and it was directly across the street from another house that uh, the backyard had a vista that faced east. And so it was a perfect location for a sunrise service. And here's the thing about a sunrise service in Massachusetts, particularly in those years when Easter comes on the early side. It's a little bit of a dicey proposition having an Easter sunrise service. And what I mean by a dicey proposition is cold. There were several uh, Easter sunrise services where there was snow on the ground and we had parkas on and we shuffled out down my long driveway to this uh, yard across the street. And I felt like I had to be there because my dad was singing in the choir and the choir was about four or five people. And my mom was playing uh, trombone. And if you've never been to an Easter sunrise service where the sad trombone just starts off with up from the grave he arose, tell you what, it's not quite as glorious as the trumpet we have here today. So Easter, for me, felt cold and compulsory and a little bit melancholy. But what about you? How does Easter feel today? There are a lot of different ways you could answer that. Maybe some things have already come to mind. Maybe Easter feels exciting. Some of the kids here might feel that way after Easter eggs and Easter baskets and candy. Maybe you had a special meal or you have a special meal coming and you're spending time with family. You came here and you heard organs and if you were lucky enough to be here before the service, you heard bagpipes. It's exciting. But I think behind some of that, there are other feelings that we have. Some of you may feel uncomfortable today. Uh, the, the image here is of the, the kid who, you know, their mom made them wear clothes that are itchy and they're not used to wearing and they feel uncomfortable. But that's true for us as adults as well, isn't it? 
it's having to explain to someone that we haven't seen, well, I'm not all that religious, but I'm here. We feel uncomfortable. I think another thing that a lot of us can feel on Easter, and maybe this describes you, is we feel unsure. I'm just not so sure about all this Christianity stuff. I'm not so sure about all this talk about Jesus. What's up with that? Or maybe some of you feel unmoved. You look around and you see other people with smiles on their faces. They seem excited. They seem to know what's going on. And you're saying, I don't feel any of that. Is there something wrong with me? Are they seeing something that I simply don't see? What does Easter feel like to you? Well, I think in Luke's gospel, as it's telling the story of Jesus and the story of Jesus' resurrection, there's a scene that actually helps us understand what Easter feels like. What it did feel like for the people who knew Jesus, and what it can, and maybe what it should feel like for us. So let me read these verses from Luke chapter 24. I'm going to read verses 36 through 49. These are printed in the worship guide. You're welcome to follow along as I read them. Here's what it says, and this is on the the original Easter, the day of Jesus' resurrection. It says, as they were talking, this is Jesus' disciples, as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. But they were very startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why did doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself, touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed him his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you please pray with me? Gracious Father, we ask now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer, help us to see the risen Christ and in light of seeing him to know what Easter feels like. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So I think the start of this passage shows us what the disciples, the followers of Jesus, were feeling on that first Easter. And I think we can resonate with that. Because they were fe- what they were feeling was uncomfortable, unsure, and unmoved. You see, the scene opens there in verse 36, and everyone's kind of standing around. It's one of those uh, moments where everyone's standing around, and they don't really know what to talk about, and they certainly don't know what to do with their hands. You know, like, do I put them in my pocket so I cross them? What 
put them behind my back. It's an awkward moment where there's discomfort in the air. Something big has just happened. Jesus, their teacher, their friend, was killed. But now there are starting to be reports that people are seeing him alive again and that the tomb that he was placed in is empty. It's an uncomfortable situation all around. There's a mood of uneasiness. There's this pervasive dis-ease that is kind of spreading like a whisper among the group. They know that something isn't right. And then in this general discomfort, Jesus shows up. It says that he appears and he stood among them. And their response is that they were startled and frightened. It's almost as though Jesus was a zombie and he showed up at their little party. They're still trying to figure out, make sense of it. They don't know what to do. And then Jesus is there. They're uncomfortable, like many of us are on Easter. Maybe especially when the conversation turns and starts to be about Jesus. Someone mentions his name. We don't know what to do or how to feel. But they're not just uncomfortable, are they? They're also unsure. They couldn't believe their eyes. You can imagine them uh, fisting up their hands and rubbing their eyes saying, is this really what I'm seeing? Is Jesus really among us? Because they remember what they'd seen just a couple days before. They had seen Jesus die on a cross. They had seen the Roman soldiers take his body off the cross and put it in a tomb sealed with an enormous rock that no one could move. But now Jesus is among them. He's with them. They're unsure about what they see. You know, there's a a verse, uh, just a few verses before where I read. It's one of my favorite verses in the Easter account. It's verse 21, and it says this, But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. You see, they had been so hopeful about who Jesus would be and the redemption that he would provide for people, but now they're not so sure. We had hoped, but our hope has faded away. And then Jesus, of course, shows up, and he's filled with ridiculous questions the way that Jesus always is. He bursts into their room, and in verse 38, he says, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Well, because you're supposed to be dead, Jesus. It's troubling that a ghost is in the midst, or uh, it's troubling that you're saying you're resurrected because I've never seen that before. He's trying to prove that he's not a ghost, but uh, what he's doing isn't making matters any better because the alternative that he is resurrected is equally incredulous. They're unsure. They're unsure of what has happened. They're unsure of what to feel. So they're uncomfortable, they're unsure, and then thirdly, they're unmoved. What do I mean by that? Well, they're confronted with this seemingly amazing news, but they don't know what difference that makes for their lives. They don't know how to respond. And again, this is a very human reaction. It's probably happened to you as well. It could be really, really good news or really, really hard news. And rather than it it moving you, you're kind of, you're just paralyzed by it. You're stunned. You're in some kind of shock. And I think that's the situation that the disciples find themselves as well. 
It says in verse 41, While they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, Jesus said to them, they disbelieved for joy. It's a weird phrase. It's essentially that they're refusing to believe. The resurrected Christ has shown up and he says, why are you troubled? Why do you doubt? But they can't believe it because the news that is literally right in front of them, the, the person that is talking to them, it is news that is too good to believe. It's far beyond what they ever could imagine. You know, in the Jesus Storybook Bible, it talks about, is there, it asks this question, is there anything uh, too wonderful for God? That's the question that the disciples are confronting. This seems too wonderful to believe. There's another translation of the Bible called The Message that uh, puts this verse uh, this way. It says, they couldn't believe what they were seeing. It was all too much. It was too good to be true. Sometimes good news, even good news, can stun us into silence. It can leave us unmoved. And I think that's where some of us find ourselves today. Even as we gather and sing these rousing anthems about Christ being risen, about the good news of Christianity, we feel unmoved. You see, I think this story is teaching us. It's resonating with what we feel about Easter. Uncomfortable, unsure, unmoved. And in fact, I don't think that just applies to this day. It doesn't just apply to Easter. It applies to life in this sad and broken world, doesn't it? That the things that have happened this month, this year, this decade have left us feeling uncomfortable, unsure, and unmoved. What do we do? What do we do with that? Well, I think the rest of the Easter story, and in fact, the story of this passage, gives us some direction. Because Easter brings a change. The risen Jesus brings a change, even to the experience of these first disciples. Those who are so uncomfortable are comforted. Those who are so unsure hear about a certain hope. And those who feel unmoved become filled with a power they never imagined. Let me explain. The first change that happens is that peace comes to the uncomfortable. Did you notice what Jesus' first word when he shows up in this gathering of uncomfortable disciples is? It's there in verse 36. He says, peace to you. You know, at, at first this can sound a little tone deaf. Jesus would walk into a room of uh, people who are uneasy and scared, and he says, peace. But this is the same Jesus who brought both literal and figurative peace throughout his ministry, who spoke to a raging storm at sea, peace be still, and the winds hushed. Who spoke to a man who was possessed of many demons, peace, and those demons were cast out of him, and his soul was at peace. Jesus by the word of his mouth, mouth brings peace to those who are uncomfortable. But notice where this peace comes from particularly. It's a little further on in the passage. The second part of the passage, the peace comes from understanding. What Jesus does is he opens their minds and that brings peace. It says in verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. 
You see, when Jesus talks, when he begins to say that all of Scripture is really about me, and God has been writing this story in his holy word, and that story has come to its climax in my death, in my resurrection, and the light bulb goes off. You ever walk into a dark room and it's really discomforting, isn't it? It's really uncomfortable. Everything looks foreign. Everything feels like a threat. And then the light is turned on. And it brings peace. That monster that you thought was in the corner is just a coat rack. Peace. It's a peace that comes from understanding. It's the peace that God gives through Jesus. You see, friends, Easter is the truth that makes sense of everything else. Everything else in God's word and everything in all of creation. It's a truth that gives us peace. It's the truth that despite what it looks like, everything sad in this life will come untrue. It's the sign that God is going to take the curse that is weighed down all of the earth and all of our lives and he's going to start working that backwards. That's what Easter's saying. That's what the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is saying to us. If you're feeling uncomfortable today, know that the message of Easter is a message of peace. But it's more than that. It's also a message of hope. It's a message of certain hope spoken to those who are unsure. Look uh, with me again at verse 47. You see, Jesus uh, explains that all the scriptures are about him. He says, thus it is written, the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And here's the key part. And that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Here's the payoff of the resurrection. Here's the payoff of Jesus' death and his being brought back to life. It is repentance and forgiveness of sins. Why does that matter? It matters profoundly, friends, because at the root of what makes each one of us unsure in doubting is our sin. You and I are walking around as walking question marks. We're aware of all the wrong things that we've done. We're aware of all the wrong things that have been done against us. And we're wondering, is there any way out of this? And that creates this existential doubt. It makes all of us hollowed out and unsure. Am I loved? Am I cared for? Will anyone ever remember me when I'm gone? And the message of Easter is that your sins are forgiven. That you can repent and be restored to the God who made you. It's answering at the deepest level imaginable in our hearts, in our souls, the doubt that you and I carry around. To those who are unsure, Easter makes hope possible. There's one final move that we see in this passage that again answers the way that we feel about this life and the way that we feel on Easter and its power. It's power to those who feel unmoved, to those who feel apathetic, Notice Jesus' last word in verse 49. He says, Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. You see, until the disciples receive the Holy Spirit of God, they remain unmoved 
and unmoving. They are shocked. They are dazed and confused. They are doubting and hurting. But then, according to Jesus' promise, the Holy Spirit is sent upon them and they become world changers. We sit here today because of their boldness and courage in proclaiming the name of Jesus. They were just a ragtag group of disciples. But 2,000 years later, the world is profoundly different because they received the Holy Spirit of God. Their lives were filled with power. And they, they uh, were transformed from unmoved, disbelieving because of joy, to become martyrs for the church and for the cause of Christ. They had been ashamed, but then they were set free. They had been afraid, but they became bold proclaimers of the resurrected Jesus. What does Easter feel like? Uncomfortable? Unsure? Unmoved? Or are you beginning to see how Easter can also feel like peace? Peace that your heart longs for. It feels like hope of the world to come and of power of the Holy Spirit. There's one more thing I want you to see. I want you to think about what is it that makes the difference? What's the change? What's the pivot in this story? How do they move from that troubling beginning to this fulfilling end? Do you see it? The pivot point is the real, resurrected Jesus Christ. Verse 39 See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. And then Jesus takes some broiled fish and he eats. It's see, touch, eat with me. And that makes all the difference. Friends, it's the same today. It's the same today. The change happens when you and I see, touch, and eat the real resurrected Jesus. You see, Easter is not just a feel-good story that the church tells. It is an irrefutable historical fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. So we began our service this afternoon with this poem from John Updike that says, Make no mistake, if he rose at all, it was as his body. Jesus rose. It's the same message that the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 where he says, If Christ has not been raised from the dead, your faith is worthless. The real resurrected Christ makes all the difference. And he has encountered today, not like it was for the disciples, uh, where he miraculously entered a room and had a conversation with him, but the real resurrected Christ is encountered today by you and me through his word and through his people. This is a more sure testimony to Christ than even the eyewitness accounts of the disciples. And the people around you in these pews, the people who walk with you through life, are an equally irrefutable witness to the real resurrected Jesus. Their faith, their love, their grace, their prayers, their help 
It's a sign that Christ really beat death. And that whatever you're feeling today, uncomfortable, unsure, unmoved, can be transformed in a second, in a heartbeat, if you will encounter the resurrected Christ, your Savior. Christ is raised. Everything is different now. Your sins have been forgiven. Your future in heaven is secure. And you have power for life now through the Holy Spirit. Easter feels different now. When we understand the truth about Jesus. But it's not just Easter. This day when we're dressed up in church It's every day. Every day can feel this way. Every day you can feel the way that God designed you to feel. As you have an encounter with the resurrected Christ. Put your faith in Jesus. I know some of you are here today. And you've never felt that way that I've talked about. Your life has never felt peaceful. You've never had true hope. You've never had power. God is offering it to you today. Would you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Would you trust Him? Would you believe that He has won the victory over sin and death forever? Let's pray. Gracious God in heaven, we thank you for this wonderful story of Easter. A story that can be confusing and confounding to us just as it was to your disciples then. But help us now as we have encountered Christ, as we will continue to encounter Christ through this meal and through our worship, to give our lives and our hearts over to him completely. We want to be full. We want to be at peace. We want to have hope and we want to have power. Give that all to us now as your children through your Holy Spirit and through the finished work of Christ our Lord. We pray this all in his name. Amen.